This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. So good you're joining us today. I get to sit across from Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good I know to that's see you always here. a thrill for you, Sam. It is. It I is. Don't. It's you know you never know what what's gonna what's gonna happen <laughs> next. Yeah. And uh, you know, as a um, <clears throat> this is a multi generational podcast. If for those listening who don't know, um, but we uh, I'm a, of the proud millennial <laughs> class uh, generation, uh, born in the late '80s. And uh, there's a lot, uh, I think there's a lot that could be said about my generation. There certainly uh, is, and there has been. <laughs> yeah, much has been written and spoken about it. And, and, uh, and now that, you know, we're sort of old news in some ways, and we're moving on to Gen Z and, and the, the things that they're facing. And, you know... And we thought millennials were bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would be wishing for the days that uh, you had millennials at the house, but... Um, you know, there's a lot that uh, the church could be doing. You know, they're historically, uh, um, it seems like the young people, you know, leave the church in droves, and um, it just seems to always be uh, uh, an issue. And I think um, I think what would be good to, to do today is just, um, if you could share any advice when, when thinking about the next generation, certainly it's now more than ever, uh, important to to lead the next generation, and and I think oftentimes that's where leaders have the hardest time is is looking at the next generation, whether that's you know something like succession planning in, in the business, but even just you know leading their kids, uh, uh, young people, even you know young people that they work with. Um, it seems to just kind of be a tricky a tricky thing to do for yeah. people, and so. If you could uh, just solve all those sure, issues and to. give the <laughs> definitive answers, yeah. well, uh, it'll be of course, great. There's one of the big issues about reaching the next generation. Not only is it important to do, not only does the Bible command us to do that, but it uh, all of our work is lost if we don't reach the next generation. Yeah. It doesn't matter uh, what you did, what you created, what you believed, uh, what you promoted. If you don't pass that on to the next generation, then all of your work basically dies with you. Uh, yeah. And in, in that sense, if you're going to have any kind of lasting impact, you've got to pass on what you have learned, what you've done to the generation after you so that they carry it on. And it's been said that uh, the church is always just one generation away from abject paganism. I mean, if we yeah. don't reach our kids then one generation removed and the church could be gone. Yeah, uh, just read, read the Old Testament. You know, I feel like that's a, <laughs> a common theme yeah. uh, for and you know, Israel. It's, it's interesting when you look at uh, even some of the best kings in Israel, uh, it, it seems almost ironic that uh, they failed to reach the next generation. And I'm not, I've never quite understood why that was. Like uh, King David, of course, the best king uh, perhaps in all of Israel's history, Yet he, he, he passes things on to Solomon, but it's obvious that Solomon um, departs at some point. His heart uh, shifts, and, and, and he never is as passionate about God as his father was. And so David, he passed on a lot of building supplies to build a temple and passed on a, a peace, peaceful kingdom and so on, but somehow failed to pass on his, pass on his passion for God. And whether it's King Jehoshaphat, yeah, a godly king, but his uh, but he marries his son to the daughter of Ahab, which is just foolhardy, and his son is going to follow after 
his father-in-law instead of uh, his father. King Hezekiah, another great godly king, but his son Manasseh, probably the most evil king ever to rule Judah. And even King Josiah, who's a a godly king, um, all of his kids and descendants basically rule so poorly that God finally says enough is enough and brings the Babylonians in. And so, you know, you you look at um, people who failed to pass on uh, their good work and their beliefs to their kids, and then all their work is undone and even more so. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then of course, you know, you've got good examples of people like uh, Elijah, who has who is uh, the greatest prophet perhaps in the Bible, but uh, but God graciously shows him an Elisha to invest in, so that after Elijah is gone, there still is a mighty prophet of God that continues to speak for God for a long time to well, come. Well, you know, I can uh, sort of hear maybe pastors and ministers chiming in at this point and say, well, yeah, if, if God would just bring me that Elisha, like, yeah. you know, I'm still looking for that that Elisha yeah. in my life. And, and I, I, that's a great issue because uh, I think they are there to be had. I think uh, it, it's kind of like a, a leader who says, I'd, I'd happily lead if someone would just follow me. Um, <laughs> and if you if you can't, you know, the, the millennial generation is like the largest generation in American history. And if you can't find any millennial in that group that would want you to invest in them, then uh, I don't think you're looking hard enough. Mm. So, or that you're not the kind of person that they want uh, to invest in their life. So, you know, I, I it's interesting. Uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he, he, if you watch him, he's in the book of Acts and even in the letters he writes, he's always with a group of, of men and mostly men and they're, and they tend to be young men, mm-hmm. whether Timothy or Silas or whoever it is, there's always a group. Uh, and we, we think of Paul as a very strong, independent minded kind of person, but he does everything in a group. He, he's always got people around him. And so of course you can throw him Paul spends a lot of his time uh, later in life in jail, but he's still coordinating all these young men that are out there going to the churches and you know, delivering yeah. his letters and so on. And, uh, and of course, like my dad, I, I watched that with him uh, when he was a pastor in a little church in Saskatoon. Uh, over 100 young people, a lot of college students, felt called into ministry. And so, you know, today my dad's not able to preach and travel like he used to, but there's all kinds of uh, people in the younger generations that are faithfully carrying on the ministry and yeah. uh, black ministries international and is, you know, doing as well as it's ever done uh, with his son and, and grandsons and, and others all, all ministering. So, uh, so the key is um, you, you've got to, you've got to focus on the next generation. And, and I, I might just begin by just mentioning a couple of misconceptions and, and I think this probably harms some of those who, like you mentioned, would like to influence the younger generation, but they, they aren't. And one is, uh, it's a misconception to talk about future leaders. And I hear this a lot. I hear this in churches, yeah. well-meaning, well-intentioned people who say, well, we, we've got to invest in the young people because they are the leaders of tomorrow. They're the future leaders. And in a sense, I, I get what they're saying. Eventually, they'll be fully in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll be the president of the United States, and so on. But the but when you say that, oftentimes what that means is they're not leaders now, and they may not be fully the leaders that they will be one day. But I think it's wrong to call them future leaders. They are, they are current leaders, 
And they really need to be treated like that. If, if you think of them as leaders of the future, then you're not going to give them leadership work to do now. And so mm-hmm. I kind of try to avoid that term. I tried, and uh, with our younger people that are working with us, um, I, you know, I want to give them all the, the leadership they can handle right now and, uh, and let them lead now. And, and hopefully they'll grow and they'll be fully in charge uh, one day. But, um, but maybe avoid looking at that generation as future leaders. I, let them lead now as, as far as they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, second thing is uh, sometimes we feel like, well, we just can't trust them with important work. You know, okay, we'll let them lead, but let's give them a bunch of inconsequential stuff that doesn't really matter anyway. And then if they mess up, it's not going to you know, sink the whole ship here. Um, but you, you can't just simply give them busy work. You can't treat them like children. Uh, the, they are going to be leading and they need to be given significant assignments that, uh, you know, have a certain risk to them if they don't do them well. And, uh, and that may mean that it gets messy at times. It might mean that they fail. Uh, certainly be sure to help them process that if, um, if things don't uh, go like uh, you hope they would. But uh, those might be very important lessons that they learn early on so that, that they don't make even bigger mistakes later. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes I hear people say, well, I know that investing in, in the younger leaders is important. I just don't have the time to do it now. I'll, I'll do it. I'm just too busy right now. And, uh, um, and, and, and I, I would just say in getting that next generation on board and equipped and, uh, a part of the team is as important as anything you're going to do. So you, if you're too busy to do that, then you're probably, too busy doing stuff that isn't as important. Mm. Uh, it is a priority, and it's the kind of thing that you need to do now. And, and maybe the last thing just to say about that is um, sometimes we, we say, well, I, it is something that's really important, and I am going to do that. I, you know, I'm going to get to that, and you know, we'll probably come up with some kind of program eventually to invest in young people. And uh, churches will often say that, you know, we, we want to make that a priority and, and we're going to eventually hire a youth minister. You know, we're going to, we're going to do this. We'll do that. The problem is that there are other people out there. There are other organizations and, and movements that want those young people. And oftentimes those groups, those people want our young people more than we do. And so the, those young people will be, will be had, they will be claimed by somebody and if you kind of dilly-dally uh, and take your time investing in them, they'll just gravitate toward people who want them more. And so I think whether it's the church, whether it's uh, Christian business leaders, um, we, we need to want young people because we know that their lives are important, that their contributions are significant, and uh, we can't delay that. Uh, we've got to get on that now. Uh, the future is at stake. And uh, so much of the, the church is at stake. A lot of Christian values, uh, Christian the, the culture uh, is at stake. Uh, this is really something I, I'm, I think if you watch the news for very long and you watch especially a lot of the young people and the kind of cultural places that they're being drawn to, I think uh, this is a time to make this one of the top priorities uh, for leaders today. Absolutely. Well, let's take a break here and uh, we will uh, continue on when we come back. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby. I'm the co-author of Experiencing God. And here at the Blackaby Bible Institute, we're offering an online class of Experiencing God that people can take from around the world. 
No one had any idea back in 1990 when Experiencing God was first uh, published that it would be so life transforming and that uh, people would experience revival. They'd be set free from burdens they'd carried for years. I can't go anywhere in the world without people telling me how this material has changed their life. And so we offer it as the Blackabees where we have all kinds of video resources, a live stream where you can submit live questions and um, get answers from myself and others, and just many different resources that will enhance your experience of taking Experiencing God. So I want to encourage you, if you've never taken the class before, or even if you have, the Blackbee Bible Institute will offer you more resources uh, than you could have gotten anywhere else. And so we look forward to studying with you, and we're praying that it will change your life as you do. Well, Richard, in the in the time we have left, let's go ahead and uh, unpack, you know, techniques, um, just different ways uh, that we can lead the next generation that can apply uh, broadly, uh, whether you're, you know, in a Christian organization, a church, or or uh, leading a business. Yeah, well, and, and there's a number of thoughts. Uh, one is just I think you can tell just from what I've already said, just number one, just make, make them a priority. Yeah. Uh, and so don't put that off on a list of 15 things that you want to get to, uh, keep that, uh, the, the younger generation always near the top. Uh, and, and if it's a priority, that means that you, you make it a priority in your budget, you make it a priority, uh, on your calendar that, uh, in your budget, you're hiring, uh, that generation, uh, your calendar, you're, you're scheduling a significant uh, quality time to spend with them. Uh, so make it a priority. Don't say it's a priority and then have it nowhere on your calendar or in your budget. Uh, and secondly, just go after them. Uh, of course, not, not every young person is of equal capability, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that, that are very talented and very gifted, and you need to be always with an eye for that. And wherever you might uh, spy that it, it could be just it's a it's a bright young person at your church and you just notice that they're very outgoing they're very uh upbeat they're they're quick to serve quick to they, they got great people skills and, and you're to see them in the church lobby every week and uh or you see them volunteering at some church ministry and you just think to yourself i, I need to find out more about that person mm-hmm. i i love their attitude love their work ethic love their people skills but just keep your eyes open uh, and and uh, always kind of have your radar open for some young person. It, it might be, you know, someone that just serves you, uh, maybe at a, you know, some in some service industry. And and uh, you I've never been shy about trying to enlist people away. If I see someone who's good, it's I, not that I always could pay the highest dollar, but uh, sometimes people just want to be wanted. So go after let them know you want them and that you'd be willing to invest in them and sometimes it, it might not be that you're paying the most money but you're going to invest in them and grow them and uh, give them attention and encouragement and uh, that means a lot to the younger generation as well uh, a third thing is just uh, you know invest time in them and one of the ways you do that is you you travel with them you, you if you're going to go somewhere uh, I, I tell pastors all the time, if you have to go visit someone in the hospital, bring a teenager with you from your church. Uh, let them see what it's like to go in and minister to people that might be at the very uh, brink of death, uh, face, fighting serious illnesses, uh, needing encouragement. Take them by to visit a, a widow at their, ho- at their home. Uh, 
go make an evangelistic uh, uh, visit with uh, a young person. Let them see the excitement of leading someone to Christ or uh, travel with them. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy that. I've got a colleague, uh, Rick, that travels uh, um, primarily with me right now. We're, we're more the same age, and uh, we're, we're colleagues and friends. He's the vice president. But, uh, but it's always fun when I've got one of the young guys with me um, traveling and uh, just being able to talk through things, uh, evaluate things, just kind of process uh, what we're seeing. Uh, I, but as often as I can, it's, it's just great. Uh, even if that's not your primary job to travel, I uh, still like to get people from the office, especially the young people, out uh, at least a couple times a year just to see firsthand and just to spend time with uh, uh, the, the leadership. And uh, so uh, make sure that you're, you're, you, you've got them with you when you can. I, I, I tell pastors or other leaders, Try not to travel alone if you can help it. Uh, get a young person to go with you. Nothing else, just so they can drive or they can <laughs> you yeah. have a younger pair of eyes to see where the turnoff is or the gate is or whatever else. I'm going to read this, the fine print. Yeah, yeah. would you read the fine print for me here? Uh, a fourth thing is just bless them. Uh, young, everybody wants a blessing. And I, I think especially the younger generation, there's a, a lot of uh, young people that perhaps have not grown up in uh, with a, a set of parents in the home, uh, and maybe uh, they've not had a father figure in their life, and uh, you have an opportunity to just uh, bless them. And uh, I'll tell you what, if, if you can be the kind of organization that just blesses the young people that work with you, uh, you'll always have young people around. Uh, it's, it's just hard to... to uh, if you're going to just be a blessing to that generation, uh, you, you're probably not going to be complaining all the time about never having anybody that wants to work with you. Uh, I, the flip side is if no one does want to work with you, I'd ask what kind of blessing, if any, are you to them? Hmm. Uh, and the fifth thing is just inspire them. Uh, you know, Hopefully you can show them what success looks like. Uh, let them be a part of the celebration. And when, when good things happen, show them and say, and, and, and process it with them and say, you know, we were praying for God to provide here and, and look what God did. And we worked really hard on this presentation and then look at, we got the contract and, uh, and so on. And, and look at these positive uh, comments that we got from customers who work with us. And isn't it, doesn't it just make you feel good to know that we provide such a quality product and just do things that inspire people to and, and show them and say, you know what, when you when you invest uh, to to do your best, to go the extra mile, to to put people customers first, uh, look at the rewards uh, and so inspire inspire young people and uh, if it's in your church, inspire them with how their life can make a difference uh, and why it's important to to invest your life that way. Uh, sixth thing, just share your wisdom. Uh, do it humbly, you know. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't just sit these young people down to straighten them out all the time. But uh, uh, but you've been down the road farther than they have. You've learned some things, uh, perhaps uh, a lot by mistakes you've made. Um, and so just, you know, share in a humble sort of way, not like, okay, young young fella, you, <laughs> you're pretty wet behind the ears, so let me tell you a lot of stuff you don't know yet. Uh, don't, don't approach it that way. But, uh, but just along the way, say, you know, I've here's something I've learned in working with people for a long time, or here's some of the things I've learned just the hard way. And, uh, hopefully maybe I can help save you some of those same mistakes. Um, there's something, uh, I think very valuable about wisdom being shared and not mm -hmm. just, uh, 
if, if you can find a way to do it that doesn't make you look like a know-it-all or that you're just putting someone else down, but you're you're just on this lifelong journey of learning yourself and you're excited just to kind of share the wealth that you've picked up along the way. Um, the seventh thing is just ask questions. Um, don't assume that because you're working with younger people that you've got all the answers, that you need to do all the talking. Uh, they've got a lot of skills and insights. They've got some fresh perspectives that could breathe fresh wind into some stale, out-of-date organizations if you just listen to them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I like to, with, with you guys, uh, there's just so many things you guys are just more aware of than I am about so many things these days that uh, I like to, I, you know, I, I want to know what you guys think and uh, what you're picking up. And, uh, and, a, and an eighth thing would just be observe, just uh, watch the young people, watch what they're doing, uh, watch where maybe they're struggling, uh, keep an eye, watch how they're interacting. Uh, I think that the older generation could learn a lot uh, just by watching and paying attention. Um, and just the last couple of things, uh, a ninth thing, uh, perhaps is just let, let, let the young people try and fail, uh, and then let them process. So I mentioned that already where sometimes we're afraid to let them do that, but, um, some of the best learning comes from trial and error, failure, processing that. Um, and so just do that intentionally. Um, you know, don't just set them up to fail, but, uh, let them be. Let them stretch themselves. Let them try things that are difficult. Let them try things that probably they're going to have to take a couple of runs at until they get it right. But uh, but hopefully they'll grow through the process. And uh, a tenth thing, uh, give them credit. If you're going to let them try things, make sure you give them the credit when they succeed, when they do well. Uh, yeah. Praise them for it. You know, don't don't uh, take all the credit and the accolades for what uh, the younger the young generation did. Um, just be quick to say, uh, you know, this podcast, Sam, this was your idea. So if I were doing this, it wasn't my idea. I didn't even you have know how to, to do podcasts. I already knew how to listen to them when we started this. Um, and so anyone... Oh, that's right. You, you hadn't even... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you had to show me how to listen to our own podcast when yeah. we first started. Well, so, yeah. you know, so when someone, whenever anyone tells me, Hey, you know, really appreciate your podcast. Uh, I usually will say, well, you know, th thanks Sam for that because that was his idea. Uh, I don't, I don't need to be stealing credit from anybody. Certainly not from a younger generation. Uh, they deserve the credit that they've earned, and uh, and so you want to, if you want to. Well, it is mostly your wisdom on the podcast. <laughs> so we'll, you know, you don't, you don't have to be too humble about well, it. Yeah, but the, maybe so. But the, um, the, we, no one would be hearing this podcast if it were not technically. For you. <laughs> technically, you can thank me, but yeah. uh, for the content, that's that's your domain. Uh, and so maybe uh, two last things to mention uh, is uh, I think especially with the younger generation, you also have to just customize how you work with them. Uh, I, it's not just a one size fits all. I, I don't think the younger generation wants to just be cookie cutter people. Uh, they they want yeah. a place that will bring out their passion, their beliefs, their values, uh, the things that they feel like are significant. Uh, and you know, you, there's a there's a limit how far you can customize things. But sure. uh, I probably I'm going to guess that most organizations could probably customize more than they do. Yeah, uh, they probably could be a little more flexible. And of course the. The classic example I always think of is when a couple of years ago you and your wife, before you had kids, uh, approached me with the, the thought of 
just taking a, a month to work from Sri Lanka. <laughs> Only yeah. a millennial would come up with uh, a thought that we could do our job just as well from Sri Lanka as we could from uh, Atlanta. And so, you know, as, as crazy and harebrained as that idea at first seemed, uh, we, we decided to go for it. And so you and my travel addicted uh, daughter uh, spent a month working for us from Sri Lanka looking out on your deck at, uh, at in, the Indian, Indian Ocean, Ocean. and yeah. after work going for a dip in the Indian Ocean and touring on the weekends and uh, you know but I don't know we could just do that all the time but mm -hmm. certainly well, that that's certainly an extreme case but <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah. I would say and, that I would say that uh, um, most organizations can can be a bit more flexible and I think mostly in regards to the schedule as well and I think you know there's a lot of positions that you know th they're nine to five just because they've always been nine to five but they're really other than like tradition there's really no reason for certain jobs to be nine yeah. to five and I think that's I think you're definitely seeing that and it's been obviously sort of expedited by covid and uh so many people working from home now but i think uh i think it's a great thing when you can have a bit more flexibility in your schedule um and i think that that gives people a more fulfilled and complete life when they don't feel like well i'm missing out on this stuff because i have to be in the office at this time but i could have just done that in the evening and you know everything would have been just as fine and so I yeah think, you know yeah. like you i mean and you're not really i mean of course there has to be a certain amount of accountability and you have to have some uh goals that need to be met and sure, so on. But, sure. uh, but on the other hand if, if a if a employee really wants to catch his son's uh, preschool performance that's going on at three in the afternoon uh but he can sit there at his desk that evening when his preschoolers are put in bed and, yeah. and put in another hour so then you know why not? I think sometimes uh, you can only pay so many dollars to people, but but then you can give them all kinds of benefits and flexibility that is even perhaps more valuable to people than just mm -hmm. a little bit more, uh, you know, pay per hour. So, um, and kind of just going along with that, maybe a twelfth and final thing is just just develop an enriching environment uh, where people work. And again, I, I, you know, people want to go; they want to they spend a lot of time at work, so. If they can enjoy the people they work with, they can enjoy the environment. If there's laughter, if there's support, if there's just fun at times, and, and again, you you, you got to you can't go you know too extreme sometimes. But why not have fun at work if you can? Why not joke around? Why not be kind of laid back when when you can? Uh, well, as long as they're not your puns, I think we can, we can joke around. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's we what brings draw, so much joy to people. We have to draw lines, Richard. You know, there are certain. <laughs> <laughs> certain boundaries that, that that you have to set up and puns i think is probably one of those well we can we can debate that offline i guess but <laughs> yeah but you know so i think at the end of the day if people if it's a fun place to work if it's fun people if mm -hmm. it's uh, you're not getting too uh, hung up about stuff that's not important you've got some flexibility you encourage people you celebrate with people's victories you you help them process when they mess up uh, you know what? You can be the kind of organization that the younger generation really is attracted to. And of course, once you've got a couple people like that working there, then uh, and they are happy, then it just attracts even more. The word gets out. Hey, yeah. here's a place that will really help you spread your wings, feel fulfilled, uh, do things that you feel really matter. 
and you can learn and grow and you'll be you'll you'll gain wisdom and experience uh there's a lot of things you can do uh that will attract young the younger generation uh to you and uh, i think that's just something that we just need to take time to think about and i just really encourage all of our listeners as we would just uh, close out this podcast uh take an audit of what young people are you currently touching in a direct way as far as an influence uh, for good. What, who do you work with that you're growing, grooming right now? Who do you, uh, maybe what people in your church, uh, what people in your life, what this people around you that you bless in some way and you're having a, an avenue of relationship in which to impart wisdom and, and growth. And some of those things you know are important. You have, a, you've earned a platform in young people's lives to be able to share those things so that uh, once you're long gone, uh, those things that you knew are important will still be being carried on and, and practiced by the generations who come after you. Yeah, and I would say, too, and all of this, I think, sort of goes as well with, with knowing that you are overcoming, a, uh, I think, a sort of a negative bias when, when you think of the next generation. I even see this in my own life when I think about kids today, as they say. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, I think we all have to r- realize that our tendency, and, and maybe this isn't everyone, but our tendency is to s- sort of criticize or to see the way that they're doing things different than how we do things. And so there's that sort of gut reaction is to sort of criticize or to think that they don't know what we know. But but all of this is to, to say you can overcome those sort of negative tendencies and, and actually see the good in the next generation and, and draw that out um, in an effective way. So yeah. thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.